guys. Welcome back to Book Talk Made Me, the podcast where we're talking about all your favorite books from Book Talk, Bookstagram. I'm trying to think of another platform, but I mean, you know, you know the deal. You know what you're getting when you come here. Oh, apparently, like, there's a book version on Twitter or X, I guess. I don't know what's the official name of that new player. It just looks like a X-rated, like, app. Anyway, on Twitter. Twit books to Twitter? I'm not sure. Books. Book tweet? Xbooks? I'm not sure. Okay, we're going to have to workshop that what that actually called. Books to twit? (laughs) Books to twat? (laughs) Sounds like an insult. Books to twat? Well, we're kicking things off in a very book talk made me fashion, completely unhinged two minutes in. So welcome. Welcome, welcome all. Today we're covering a book, and I don't remember where this came to us from. Why we It was you. It's your fault. It was me? It was your fault. I'm the problem? (laughs) It's me. I distinctly remember we're like, what are we going to do? We have an opening. And then you were like, what about the four horsemen? And I was like, yes. Oh, well, it's a journey. (laughs) And I've brought us all along for it. Uh, I'm assuming I saw this on TikTok. And I'm assuming people rated and talked highly about it. Not that we're not. It's just something special. It was just not our normal book. I still think it should qualify as monster smut. What is this even qualified as? Hold on. Going to Amazon. I don't know. I feel like in order for that, you have to be like a beast or What's something with tentacles. What's more monstrous than like a disease? <laughs> I don't know. But I feel like the people in the Omegaverse are like talking about nodding and stuff like that. And I don't think they are. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I'm oh, not sure of the words a, you just said to me. That is an so. excellent point. <laughs> Google at your own risk. <laughs> I, I know. I'm like, I don't know. You don't have to explain it. I'm Google, just going to move on. Just let my shock Google my on blank private. face. You know how – okay. Sorry because now I feel like I need to explain it. Oh, it's called – it's considered paranormal romance. Oh. Oh, this okay. one is? In oh, post- it's PNR. It's PNR. Yeah. Yes. So the book we're reading real quick before Hilda explains to us. I feel like you're about to give me the birds and the bees talk. (laughs) (laughs) The Four Horsemen book by Laura Thalassa. I believe I'm saying that correctly. Thalassia. Look, don't come to us for pronunciation. I'm like, we Um, fucked up. And let me just tell you off the the rails already for me, uh, because I just typed in Four Horsemen book, saw that there was four books. I'm like, great. That's the one. Started reading it. And I'm like, this is kind of garbage. I don't care for this. I think you had the Sarah Bailey one. Yeah. I heard it's super spicy, though. Well, oh. it starts – like, the prologue starts off good. You're like, oh, she has to murder the four boys she's known since childhood. And I was like, ooh, all right. And then I just – there's like, very – you enter into the corporate world, which felt a bit abrupt, into, like, a large meeting. And I'm like, I don't I don't know where I'm supposed to be in this. Come to find out, uh, I had the wrong book. <laughs> I fully didn't make it too far. It's still um, the funniest thing ever. I was so you guys glad. guys were showing – you checked in with us. If not, this would have been a really fun episode. It would have been funny to see for me to have these notes for you guys and you'd be like, what What happened? Right. Because I like saw – I went to go down on Kindle and I was like, this is not the original cover that I remember seeing. And I was concerned. I was like, oh my God, is this even the right book? Hilda right away responds. She goes, no, I have a half-naked man on my cover. So she sends me a picture of her cover. I sent her a picture of my cover, which apparently is the new cover art. And then Caitlin's like, I don't have any of those covers. I have like a man holding a briefcase. <laughs> it's not the same. Sorry, I just coughed through that. It's okay. Hilda's coming to us a little under the weather, but she's in good spirits and we're... We're going to blame pestilence for this one. 
Yes. So the first book in the Four Horsemen series is Pestilence, Disease, and Hilda's Hilda's battling one. I have one. Caitlin's getting one. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm like riding on the edge. Like my bod's like, we're going to go or we're not going to go, but we're going to let you be in limbo for a week and a half with like a weird throat tickle. (laughs) Maybe Bridget will save us by going on the shitter. (laughs) (laughs) But hold on. Let me quote you some um, Poe. Yeah. We'll get into why that's funny later because we struggled with some some bits of this. Again, not not a bad book, just a different book than what we're used to. And I had no idea what we were getting into. So this is the fourth book, the first book in the four books. So in the Four Horsemen, if you're not familiar, it's pestilence, war, famine, and then death. So presuming death is the last book we get to. I hope Um, he's the hottest. Yeah. I don't know. I thought the first one was pretty hot. Remember correctly, Britt said that war was on her list. Oh. So I did start war. I also started war. I downloaded and opened it and saw New Palestine and went, oh, okay. This is a book for a different day, Bridget. Close. Yeah. I, was I like, just need some straight, like, horrible smut. Move on with my life. It, it was Bridget's, we're getting another character in a book, favorite thing that she hates. Yes. Yes. I was like, yeah. I skimmed it too to see if maybe the original character was in it, like the first chapter a little intro because you know the epilogue was ended with her and saying that war was coming yeah no so i think what we're deducing is each book is maybe similar to the dark olympus series where they're each standalones but maybe there's bits and pieces of information from the previous book you you'll pick up on as you read this one not very far in the second one so i can't confirm i think just in the way that they describe the four horsemen and how they work i would still recommend starting with the first one because first pestilence has to come then more then famine then death pestilence what a name so we're going to dive right into it with the book synopsis we're going to go through our thoughts and feelings we're going to take you through the plot points and then we're going to do our spotify shout outs and questions of the week at the very end we're gonna we're gonna flip this thing we're gonna reverse reverse we're gonna do at the beginning at the end we're gonna tarantino it you want to say when you like do the beginning at the end i don't know it's the apocalypse guys so let's just flow with it <laughs> so let's just go with it so let me give you the dramatic book retelling of the book synopsis dun, dun, dun. <clears throat> they came to earth like, I, that was good laughing. don't thinking, even laugh that was good thinking of the, the movie guy in a world i feel like i just turned on fx movies and i, I hear like the fx got to the yeah, movies right. fx all right they came to earth pestilence war famine death Four horsemen riding their screaming steeds, racing to the corners of the world. Four horsemen with the power to destroy all of humanity. They came to Earth and they came to end us all. I can't not be a jerk. Like, I have to say it silly at the end. That's just who I am. I'm not I'm not trained in dramatic book retellings like Hilda. Like Hilda. <laughs> I know. We're going to give it my best shot. When pestilence comes for Sarah Burns' town, one thing is certain. Everyone she knows and loves is marked for death. Unless, of course... The angelic-looking horseman is stopped, which is exactly what Sarah has in mind when she shoots the unholy beast off his steed. Too bad. No one told her pestilence can't be killed. Now the horseman, very much alive and very pissed off, has taken her prisoner and he's eager to make her suffer. Only, the longer she's with him, the more uncertain she is about his true feeling towards her. 
and hers towards him. And now, well, Sarah might be able to save the world, but in order to do so, she'll have to sacrifice her heart in the process. Dun, 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 dun. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Reading Hilda's question in the chat to us, how does the world have four corners if it's a circle? I've always hated that phrase. (laughs) You're not wrong. I mean, unless you're a flat earther. The earth is flat, silly. Oh, there you go. My chip is also going to get activated tomorrow during the emergency broadcast. You guys haven't heard, you guys haven't heard that one? No? No? Are you okay? No. Uh, you, know the, you know we're supposed to have an emergency broadcast tomorrow, like nationwide. Right. For what? Because uh, they're testing the emergency broadcast system. News to me. Thanks for letting me know. Because, yeah. So they're testing the emergency. It's a nationwide test. They've been talking about this for weeks. And so the tinfoil hat wearing people on the internet are like, your COVID vaccine chips are going to get activated. Oh, for superpowers? Yeah, for superpowers, for being... Ooh, everybody look out into their fields. Maybe you'll see some signs from the aliens. Oh, don't start. You know aliens. Jesus is going to come back, you know, just... A lot of stuff supposedly happening tomorrow. Oh, Love well, that. Very exciting. Um, we will great. update y'all next time. <laughs> so what, this was what um, happens. So it's October again, 3rd. Apropos that we're talking about the, about apocalypse. the apocalypse. Thank God that didn't happen today with my very gray filtered universe going on in Fort Myers, Cape Coral area, because I would have just like picked up the kids and driven far, far away. Yeah, we're getting the Canadian fires down here in yeah. Florida. Long, long reaching for our Canadian friends. Uh, yeah, apocalypse. I mean, there's no no easy segue. Let's get into what happened. Let's start off with our thoughts and feelings. So, LOL, I had the wrong book for like the first 10% of this. <laughs> so, real glad we figured it out. Now, this book made me feel things. I cried. I wanted love. I wanted smut. Um, but I still don't know how I feel about it. Like, it's not a shoulder shrug, like, meh. It's more of like, like, uh, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know what we're, I don't know. I don't know how we're feeling. I don't know how we're rating it. I don't say I don't like it. I don't say that I love it, but it's doing something. I thought the world building was really cool. It's post-apocalyptic modern world. And I'll dive into the world building in a minute. And it reminded me a lot of The Walking Dead in those earlier season episodes where they're kind of like, just figuring out what the hell happened and moving through towns and cities that are sort of just decimated, I guess. Now, in the book synopsis, we know that there's a love interest. We know that Pestilence and good old Sarah Burns are going to be getting it on. What I tell you now is that she screams his name multiple times during climax and screaming Pestilence just really doesn't, it doesn't do, it doesn't hit the same. I mean, I don't think you're yelling it like you're yelling a child, but I can see why you would find that problematic. There's just a weird thing to yell. Like it's just such a mouthful, and it's not like you can shorten it to make it sound cute. Like oh, pest, oh, pesty, oh, ugh. pest control. <laughs> like, like I just feel like I need to call bug control and be like, we have a pest control issue here, right? And like it's not like the sickness he brings to everyone is like you have a cough, like you have boils and pus. So it's like your name is not bring sexy images to my brain so that was a bit tough for me i also had a little bit of a hard time with this character she's well educated she quotes edgar Allan poe and shakespeare and then turns around and says something like i need to go to the shitter 
And I'm just like, okay, not saying we can't be, you know, dual, we can't be many faceted women in our world. But I'm just saying the (laughs) abruptness from Shakespeare to shitter is, it's a, it's a long way. It's a long way off. That was my first point as well. I was like, she's such a contradiction with herself. But I guess like now that I think about it, she did have to give up her degree of English to become like a firefighter. So she's rough around the edges. Like she's a bro. She's a firefighter. They're living post horseman era where the first round they came and they killed a whole bunch of people and they're basically in survival mode. So I understand and I just don't love her. Yeah, I didn't I didn't love her. And then majority of the time through the book, I'm like, are you dumb or are you just horny? And then turns yes. out she was both. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> answer is yes i hated myself for reading this (laughs) but like i'm here for how terrible and cringy it is like it's It's not accident you can't stop looking away from like you have to finish it yes yes it's not it's not bad but it is this is equivalent bad on purpose it's equivalent to me like when you're talking about fx again because it really just brought me back i used to watch a lot of tv when i was a kid and like in the middle of the night i would just have the tv playing and it would be like those random movies in the middle of the yes. night where it's just thrown on there because who's really watching it? But once you start watching it, you can't stop. So you're sacrificing sleep and you're like laying there with one eye open just to catch the end of the movie. Yep. Because you're they got you into yeah. it, sucked in. And you'll never forget it, but you'll never admit that you watched it. And you probably won't watch it again during daytime, but it's still a nightly special because they always play it on loop. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not going to turn it off. I'm not going to seek it out, but I'm going to be like, oh, this is on. Guess I'm watching that again. Yeah, and then, you know how they describe like the pusses and like all of the people who are infected with the fever. This, this was pussy. It was. <laughs> it was not good, pussy. Not good. You guys have ever seen uh, Men in Black? Yeah, the yeah. first one where the guy, he's the alien, and he's dressed as like. He takes over the body of the farmer. Oh, uh-huh. Or he's a cockroach or something. That's who I picture. And when people are getting sick? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like their skin is basically just like falling off. <laughs> yeah. 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 It doesn't sound like a cute way to go. And okay. just like okay. we couldn't have come up with something better. But then after we talked about the covers the first time when we were talking about whose book, who has the right book, Hilda ruined it and told me that the main cover guy looks like someone. Okay. 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 I will explain this. Please do, because I had to re-fan cast it in my head permanently. I'm sorry, but if this is what's stuck in my head, it is now stuck in yours. Mickey Rourke. <laughs> but not <laughs> hot Mickey this. Rourke from Nine and a Half Weeks, if you ever saw that movie when he was young. But Mickey Rourke in Iron Man 2, post-surgery... Ooh. Lots of puffiness and face tightness. And his eyes were very small, I believe. For some reason, the cover art for Pestilence just reminded me of that. So on top of the fact that he is a blonde, I cannot be attracted to Pestilence. One of many reasons. It's very and interesting immediately- that you went 60-year-old puffy, bad plastic surgery man. And I was like... Ooh, it's like Chris Hemsworth. Who's this hottie on the cover? Right? I was like, wow, these apps are working for me today. And then she went and ruined it. I was like, Jesus Christ, now I can't unsee it. So you you don't expect something so gross, pestilence, to be attributed with something so good looking. 
which she says multiple times. A lot. Again, who's your fan cast? Are you dumb or are you horny? Um, I'm turned him into Heath Ledger in my head, and it was working. Okay, like Knight's Tale, Heath Ledger. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This needs to be a new question <laughs> for the heroines. Are they dumb or are they horny? <laughs> there we go. Honestly, you could ask that question a lot in every single book that we read. We're going to call this the Bridget Scale of Tolerance. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So that'll be up on Spotify. Can't wait to hear what all you guys have to say on that. Hilda, what other thoughts did you have on this book? They made out after she threw up. Yes, gross. And I hated that so much. On top Not of the even- fact that it's apocalyptic and, you know, their showering and hygiene is suspect at best. They make out after she throws up. Speaking of hygiene, you know, a part like really just like made me re-question everything. So at some point, spoiler, you're going to hear about it because we're going to talk about it. But he's digging a grave for this couple that they come across. And she was helping him. And then she like goes to the bath and he comes in and he joins her, but he's already covered with mud and he steps into the water and she talks about how she sees the mud dispersing in the water. And then she proceeds to try to hook up with him. And I'm like, you're sitting and now his muddy water for the hole that they just dug a grave for the dead people and he just touched the dead people like what's going on in your head like again are you dumb or are you horny like tell Girl, me has a uti waiting to happen Oof. amongst other things yeah Ugh, pestilence just, you may look good but you're there not much else. on the bright side he like fights off the infections for her so i don't think anything would happen to her right yeah just get true. some like you know some stuff up in her crevices Ugh. Oh God, Bridget! Not why do you have to go dirt. there? <laughs> Crevices, <laughs> Jesus! If it's in my head. It has to be in your head now too. You're welcome. Well, Thank you I just for sent that. you guys a comparison of Pestilence and Mickey Rourke, and just tell me I'm wrong. Tell I didn't me need I'm you wrong. to tell me. I knew exactly who you're talking about. The problem is, Hilda, you're not wrong. Tell me you're not <laughs> wrong. There's no reason to find this man attractive. The best is was that a toothpick in his mouth? Yep. <laughs> that is indeed a toothpick in Mookie Rourke's mouth. Not not, not pestilence. So you may have joined in on these thoughts and feelings. You're like, wow, this is definitely vastly different than something you guys have read before. And it is. It's not too magic-y, more mythical. But let's talk about the world building to catch you up to speed when we talk about the horsemen, people dying. And all that other good stuff. Oh, Hilda, I think I left out some of your notes. Did you want to add anything? Um, How many times were they going to get fucking ambushed? Yeah, I had a grievance. First time, you know, it's like, first time, shame on you. Shame on you. Second time, shame on me. Third, fourth, fifth time, I really am a fucking idiot. (laughs) And then what else? Oh, I felt like she was trying to have like this kind of philosophical bent. And again, I appreciate the thoughtfulness of the author but if you're gonna be making one of the mythical four horsemen of the apocalypse sexy just make it smut mm-hmm. it this book could have benefited for a lot well let's yeah. get into that let's go right into the plot points because i think there's some more to unpack there let's talk about the world build so the four horsemen enter the world and they ride around the four corners hold on sorry corners throw that out there of the earth and destroy all electronics in their wake. So upon their descendants on the earth, they just kind of go galloping around in circles. And 
cars crash into each other, planes fall out of the sky, trains crash into things. <laughs> like, what are trains crashing into? Things that are in their way. They go off the rails, off much the like rails. this episode. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. Yes. So a lot of people die in that initial electronics breakdown. And after this dramatic entrance, the four horsemen are not seen again for four years. So life sort of starts to move on. They get used to this no electronics world. And it's worth noting, I feel like in some instances, electronics were restored because they talked about having TV. They talked about having radio. So like some electronics are back, but I don't think like the full grid is back. They don't have electricity in some homes. They don't have running water in some places. It's just very sparse and sketchy right. yeah so after that four years pestilence wakes up and begins his journey across north america bringing what the world calls the masonic fever so really while he's doing to do this just riding his horse through a town and everyone within a few miles of it will fall ill and die so that's not transmissible if you come in contact with someone in the masonic fever you don't give it to them it wasn't like covid it's just like you had to be in near proximity to this man just trotting through town um it was interesting uh because it started in miami and i found that funny for a couple reasons because usually as native south floridian person myself anytime there's like an apocalyptic movie situation miami it doesn't start here i always felt like we'd be spared we got warning it's usually happened new york california dc uh but this time it started on our own home turf so i was like not miami you even talked about like him riding up Fort Lauderdale, and I was like, oh, gosh. After just living through COVID, I understand why it started in Miami. Also, whenever they say Agreed very specific 100%. things, <laughs> it's so sad, um, about like Fort Lauderdale and then West Palm. They yeah. went Fort Lauderdale, Boca, West Palm. I was like, I think this person frequents Florida enough or they're from South Florida. Because how be often- a Canadian snowbird. That's what I'm Could thinking. be. I was like, Wow. Maybe we have a Florida person on our hands. Or Maybe. I've honked at them in traffic because they can't drive. Florida man. Florida. Derails. Canadian Pestilence bird. would be a Florida man. You know what I mean? It would be. It would, he be. would be. I could see him riding on an alligator. I know. I could see him going through the swamp. Like two, like two water Pretty skis. sure Mickey Rourke went to high school at Miami Beach. Good Lord. There we go. <laughs> Full circle. I'm telling you. Full circle. So he starts down in Miami, works his way up the East Coast, and where we meet Sarah, our character, Sarah, our main character. Um, this is kind of taking place in Western Canada. So overall, this initial entry point into this world, it's very pandemic vibes. It's very everyone's very worried about being sick, and it's really we talked about a bad way to go. You start with a fever, you get boils, the pus opens up, and then it takes you within like a week of that. But it's not not quick. And again, it only happens when he rides by, so people can stay alive by fleeing and evacuating. And they do have some electronics that are getting radio reports out or news reports out, kind of heralding his arrival. The Paul Revere of the Four Horsemen, I guess, is what what people are, are getting their information from. So they have advance warning, they flee the towns, and they peace out, and they try to get as far away from them as they can. They don't really know like how far this extends from him, so they're basically just trying to get the hell away. All in all, this is a very take my horse to the old town road type of journey. Cause I just imagine him just like sitting, it's like clip, clop, clip, yep, clop, as he like walks through the town. It's very lonely. Uh, so that's that's our world. That's where we're at. So let's get into some of the main plot points here. We said it right in the beginning. Sarah tries to tries to have an assassination attempt. She tries to take him down. So 
as Bridget said earlier, she is a volunteer firefighter because that's what her job became after the pandemic. She literally draws matches with her squad to figure out who's going to be the sacrificial lamb to stay back and try to assassinate Pestilence as he wanders through their town. So she gets a short match and agrees to stay behind while everyone else flees. She has some shooting background, so she sets up her shop. She sets she sets up her shot. She takes her camping gear, and she knows, like, this is it. I'm going to come in contact with him. I'm going to shoot him, and, like, I, that's it for me. This is This is my death. Okay, so she doesn't just shoot him. She lands up her shot. She takes it, but she really needs to make sure he's dead, and she lights his ass on fire. And while he's doing that, he is sort of, like, begging, like, please don't. And she's like, oh, this just made this harder. Like, stop being a human. I thought you were like a weird, crazy man. This makes it harder if you sound normal. But he doesn't actually die. He comes back and takes her prisoner. And he wants Shocker. her to suffer. Like, I know. Not like a prisoner and like a, ooh, prisoner. More like a, you're going to suffer. I'm going to tie you up and drag you behind this horse till your shoulder pops out. Suffer. So. So can, can just really quickly. He So he doesn't come back as beautiful Mickey Rourke before surgery <laughs> he goes back as decrepit like healing like the mummy bones and yes like the before mummy. the mummy's got all yes. his body parts back he's just like muscles and ligaments and he's like because he was burned so like she's like i can see his peeling flesh and i was like Woo. so just a reminder she fucks that later <laughs> Yeah, I know. I was reading this. I was like, I thought this was supposed to be like a sexy, sexy book. Yeah, like I can't imagine like having sex with this thing. Yeah, thinking that I've seen your face halfway burned off. Also, again, why do you think you mere little human would be able to kill a horseman? Right, human like he hubris. made it up the entire East Coast, the entire East Coast, and you didn't think that one person was like, I'm gonna shoot this mofo. Yeah, no, no one else had this idea before you. Again, are you dumb or horny? <laughs> what a way to catch a man. <laughs> I'm going to shoot him and light him on fire. Yeah. So she, he really wants to make her suffer. And despite that he wants to make her suffer, he also keeps healing her from the brink of death or being like too, too bad. I mean, she does get an injury. She does get hurt pretty badly and her shoulder does pop out. But she comes back and she's like, oh, I'm bandaged. And my shoulder doesn't hurt as bad. Are you healing me, sir? And he kind of is like, yeah, but it's to make you suffer more. And she's like, oh, okay. I, I want to say he's not healing her as in like he has some sort of magical power to heal her. He's taking care of her. He's mending her wounds the old fashioned, the human way, like bandaging her up and stuff like that. He does, however, if she gets like an infection, he is able to keep the infection away because that's apparently his specialty as pestilence uh, uh, I don't know how to make this name sound sexy so <laughs> we're just gonna go with it we're gonna go with it and that's a good way it's a good segue into our next section so that's kind of Sarah's assassination temp in our first meeting of the two he drags her around tortures her not intentionally just like doesn't make it easy for him to gallop from town to town and drag her with him um, but let's talk about this hunky horseman for a minute so he we know from the book cover, if you were so lucky to get a book cover with him on it, that he's very good looking and she describes him as an angel. That's how good looking he is. Like I would say like a Chris Hemsworth, like built blonde or like an early 2000s, like a beefy Abercrombie model. Remember those? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Those beefcakes. Yeah. So like one of someone like that. He also has tattoos in an ancient language on his body, which I think they called no, angelic. 
I believe is like the language of the heavens and he can't speak it out loud to her for it brings something heavenly down to earth. And as he says, like humankind doesn't deserve it. Yada, yada, yada. We get it. You're a horseman. Right. And he also really doesn't have a body. He just talks about being like a sentient being and he chooses to appear to her this way as this person. So I'm like, you choose to come off. You choose it. You chose a hottie. I mean- Considering TikTok, BookTok was all over the sentient door and pillow recently, not mad about this one. And you're looking at me like you have no clue what I'm talking about. I don't. Wow. You guys. Hello. So there's like this. Far reaches of TikTok are you on? (laughs) I have no clue, but hello. Welcome. Um, So people were reading the past couple of weeks. I know it wasn't last week. It was probably the week before. Um this book from Amazon and it's basically a erotica about a pillow and there's one about the door and they're both sentient and so they have feelings for the female main character um I heard one is better than the other I have not read either of them but I was intrigued is this like the seduced by clippy that's what I was thinking I'm, I'm assuming it's in that genre okay so maybe guys, book talk is getting out of control. Well, look, maybe it's like the um the the three weird brothers from Zodiac Academy, the one who had like feelings the for Kiplings. Cake. The Kiplings, yes. Maybe it's a sentient cake, which I guess is more horrifying to imagine than people are eating it. Uh, bad example. Oh my god. Bad example then. But interesting. I feel like I need you to read these books for science. Say no more. Doing it for the podcast? Say no more. I, I got mean, you. this has got to be like a tight 100. You know, like this can't be something we're going to drag out to like a 400 page love story. No, I think it's very door. short, like 100 pages or less. Uh, I'm oddly, oddly intrigued. Me too. <laughs> I'm like, why? The door one, apparently, like the door was trying to protect her from a landlord or something and would <laughs> see her every day and <laughs> started catching feelings oh. for her. <laughs> I like see the door in your background and I was like, don't look at me like that door, please. I'm a married woman. <laughs> so the next time you slam that door shut, give it a good like, bank if you're into that. Yeah. <laughs> now is the door one supposed to be better than the pillow? I I don't remember which one was better, but um I think Mel Rose, oh she's the one with the pink hair. She had read them recently and I was like, intrigued, tell me more. <laughs> It's just like when Hilda read Ice Planet Barbarians for science for us. Oh, oh, did you guys see that there was a romance that um, an author wrote like within a day after Taylor and Travis became a thing? She wrote like a really short romance and she was like, oh, this is going to be great. This is exactly what everybody's been wanting. And then it was so bad she had to pull it from Amazon. Whoa. Yeah. How bad does it have to be for people to pull it from Amazon? Like people were like shitting on this book. And I guess she was taking like real scenarios from their lives and putting it in the book. She said it was supposed to be like inspired by them, but not actually them. But it was like a copy and paste of their relationship. And it was like smutty and degrading. Oh, okay. Smutty and degrading. I know. I wish I'd gotten a copy of it before it went out. Gosh. Pritchett, you're really bringing the book talk news to us. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. This is the hard-hitting journalism that we I know. need to be known for. Please. Please. If any of you guys are also in this corner of TikTok, please let me know so I don't feel weird. Bridget's our very own Christiane Amanpour. Reporting live from the smutty carpuses of Book Talk. 
<laughs> Just happy you didn't say the smutty folds. I almost did, and I was like, let me know. <laughs> because of that. You tried to kill me. I just killed Elda. Sorry. <laughs> I almost said moist crevices of all, and I was like, let's not. Oh my God. Off the rails. Off, <laughs> the, off the rails. rails. This is one of our, our more unhinged ones. Uh, so let's bring it back to the horseman and his home invasions. This is his home invasion section, I'm calling. So throughout their journey from town to town, he's very steadfast in his mission. He's like, this is my purpose. I'd, mankind will suffer for all their wrongdoing. And she's like, but we're kind of decent people, like you know, most of us. And he's like, this is my purpose. So like it, that got a little old, that rhetoric. Real fast. Yes. And this is his whole reason for living and all of that jazz. And like, all right, I get it, horseman. You're very one note. You just you, – you ride and you kill people without really doing anything. So throughout their journey, he's just basically breaking and entering. He just like basically kick o- kicks open a random door and he's like, we shelter here. And sometimes there's people there that are like, ah, what the hell? Get out of here. And then sometimes there's just like dead bodies because pestilence. somehow – Pestilence. yes. He gives me very like caveman vibes. He's like, my cave, mine. Right. And in some you cases, the people cave. that are there, they're like, she's hurt. Help her. Give her food. And they're like, what the hell, man? Also – have we mentioned the horse's name yet? No. What is it? Trixie, Trixie Skill- Skills. <laughs> Trixie Skills because he slashed, I guess, the horse as a male, but she didn't know that. And she was making a scenario the where the horse was. the stupidest name for a horse. I'm sorry. Trixie Skills? This, Edgar, this is from the Edgar, the Edgar Allen, Allen Poe woman. She names a horse Trixie. It's just she, she has a walking contradiction. Yes. Name it Trixie or Skills. Neither one makes sense, but Trixie no. Skills with a Z. Because Trixie Skills was tricking skills on, or like flipping skills or tricks. No, like she was flipping tricks on the side of the street and she had mad skills. She, AKA, uh, the horse was a prostitute or some shit like that. That's what I, I got. It makes no, that, that makes more sense, but it still you makes no sense. have just said it's a one trick pony. <laughs> oh, I guess that makes sense too. <laughs> Oh my god, unhinged. We are unhinged today. <laughs> the way she described it, I was like, tricky skills kind of sounds like a good prostitute name. I don't know. I like that you've crafted a whole story. Like, she's had a hard life, but she's turning tricks on the street. This whole backstory. Yeah, so that's this, this, hor- this name for this stupid horse. Poor horse. He deserves better. He deserves better than tricky skills. Um, He's a noble steed. Yeah. <laughs> Clip-plop on his way, living his purpose. Gallop forward, my friend. So Bridget, they're breaking what did you take before this recording? <laughs> Just some flan. <laughs> Don't give me sugar. <laughs> now we know. Last time you had blueberries. Right. Sugar's the way to go for you. Uh, so there's three people I just want to call into his breaking and entering home invasion phase that are important. <clears throat> One is this father figure that's in an armchair. So he's clearly in the threat, like towards the end of it. Everyone in the rest of his house has passed. Like, it's really weird to just like come into these houses. They see all these pictures and there's just like a guy there. It's like, eh, like he's dying. You can't do anything. They're just rummaging around, getting everything they need. And so Sarah sits with him and helps him with compassion. And she gives him some whiskey a lot of whiskey, actually. She's like, I know, I can tell this guy is a healthcare worker, as a former firefighter, that he's towards the end, and let's just help him pass with compassion. And she stays with him till the end and holds his hand. And the horseman is very confused why she did this. 
he was just like, he's going to die. Why would you sit there? Why would you waste your time? And she's like, this is the whole thing about humanity I'm trying to teach you about. And he's like, it makes no sense. I'm like, all right, here we go. Back again. On the road again, they meet another couple or another family that just kicks open the door and comes into. And this one was a little more like fucked up in a way, I guess, because it was a full family. So she was horrified that like now the children, we've condemned them to a life of We've condemned their lives, basically. They're not going to live past the week because I needed a place to sleep because it's cold outside. And, like, these things don't bother pestilence. He doesn't need to eat or sleep or is it really affected by the cold at all. And so the dad ends up trying to kill Sarah and the father, uh, pestilence, comes to save her at the last minute. And the whole family ends up dying again because pestilence. And Sarah stays to the end to help see them out. And so this is where they're sort of first tested where he realizes like, oh, my God, I almost lost you. And I kind of missed you in that moment. And so it's, this is where you start to see them catch feels for each other a little bit more. And that's basically what you need to know from that interaction. Now, this last one, the couple, Seems my favorite, the sweetest couple, I swear you meet Ruth and Rob and they are the sweetest couple alive. And they are just two old old biddies in their house and pestilence comes roaring in, kicking open the door and ruth is like oh lord almighty look who you guys dragged in nice to see you i didn't really think i'd get to see you come on in do you want some food you look hurt like basically treat them like family members is this the part where you cried it is where i cried this is the part where i cried because we know and they knew pestilence coming in here like they're like we're old we're not evacuating like my husband here rob has got dementia like this is we're just hanging on yeah we're hanging on till the end. And so they know they're going to die. They make them dinner. They stay up late cook, talking about the mysteries of life and and how to save humankind. And Pesty, that's what I'm calling him, Pesty, tells them that there is a chance that until death runs through the land and deems it unworthy, humankind still chance, stands a chance. Because they were asking, like, is this really it? Is this the end for us as human race? And that's when he, he drops that little bomb. Like, there is hope. Although not hope for you. Ruth and Rob because he's still infecting you with his pestilence. And Sarah really tries to beg him to be like, you saw good humans. This is what good humanity is like. Please save them. Like You don't have to do it to them. Let them live the rest of their days together. Clearly, they don't have a lot. When he, again, is like, this is my purpose. This is my mission I have to fulfill. So then she's like, okay, beg them to take them quicker. Begs them to make it less painful for them. Uh, And ultimately, I think he says he does in a way, but like to the reader, I think later we find that out. To the reader, you don't really, it doesn't really sound like it's any better. And as Ruth is on her deathbed, she tells Sarah, like, I can see what you're doing here. And I can see that you guys have feelings for each other. And, you know, it doesn't matter that he's a four horseman as long as he treats you respectfully. And it was just like this cute deadbed, dead, this cute deathbed confession from a grandma. So tells him, like, I forgive you. I understand what you're doing. Yeah. And you are more than what your job is because the entire time he's been saying, I am no more than what my job is. Like you see me as a human, but I'm not actually a human. So don't have these notions about how I can have these human feelings when I am just pestilent. I have no other name. And so every single time they met one of these families or these people, you you see him trying to grow a little bit more right and after they do pass he ends up burying them and tries to give them a proper burial which again is starting to show that her humanity is wearing off on him which is exactly what ruth wanted him to do wanted her to do and there's the next section i'm calling it the whoresman 
a horseman because that guy's a hoe. But not really because there's too many fades to black, if I'm being honest. There were, yeah. And so we learn that this, and we'll talk into this because there was two things that want to happen that were happening congruently. It was like sexy times and then there was just more assassination attempts, ambushed attempts. So let's focus on the good stuff. Let's focus on the sexy time. So we got some. There wasn't a whole lot. We learn, I mean, they really start to catch feelings as they continue on their journeys. And Sarah's just like, I got nothing to talk about. No one to talk about it with. So I'm just going to blabber on about my life to you. And this is where she's quoting Edgar Allan Poe and Shakespeare. And the horsemen just like all taking it in. And they really uh, kind of, I think on the last time her life was threatened, they really realize he's like, I really like you. And they start to hook up a little bit here and there. And he's never had carnal pleasures before. So this is all very exciting for him. I feel like like a teenage boy discovering yeah. what he can do and it was it was interesting in a way because she's like oh i didn't know he knew how to do this this is exciting and then it's like fade to black oh i'm gonna teach him this trick fade to black and you're like come on i feel like that's been happening a lot more with the books that i've been reading recently where like the first scene the first union is very detailed and then every union after that is a fade to black or like a very late version of it they're like and so he did. Did what? Tell me. Describe in detail. How many orgasms did you have? Right. So these are the things we want to know. So as he's continue, this part I thought was weird but endearing. <laughs> he gets so excited about these feelings. And he's like, oh my gosh, I think I like, I feel something. Like I'm not a big black heart like I thought I was. And he takes her to a church and he's like, I want to marry you. And she's like, I think after for the first time. Yes, I think after for a split second, she's like, I mean, like, what else am I going to do? You're literally killing everyone else. But then she kind of comes to her senses and is like, no, <laughs> we're not going to get married. At this point, she's so like denying the fact that she has feelings, but she just wants to fuck him. And she's like, no, that was just a good time. I'm on my deathbed. I'm going to die regardless. Like, of course, I'm going to fuck you. Yeah, girl, I would too. Also, what would your names be? Like, uh... Welcoming for the first time, Mr. Mr. and Mrs. And Mrs. Pestilence? Pestilence Horseman. <laughs> oh Here to God. ride through the world and cause destruction. Riding out for Catch sunset. feelings and diseases. Maybe an STI. Because <laughs> oh no protection was used during this spicy time. Which they thought about her, after the... He can't give her an STI. He's never been with anybody before. Right. But also, he's a man that's literally a disease. But also, he can give her a baby. A apparently well that was the thing where i thought we we're gonna have to get into because they kept talking about like oh my gosh we should i'm not using protection and he's like i do you want to have kids she's like what <laughs> the world is ending what do you mean if i want to have kids are you trying to make logic out of seducing one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse yes absolutely and then i was like will your babies be mini horsemen do they have powers also, what are these people – like, what are you going to do? You have no one else. It's just you and these kids. Like, are you trying to repopulate the earth? Because that's not going to work. You need more genetics in your gene pool. Uh, I don't know. are this kind of overrated. Adam and Eve was just two people. That's true. Very fair. So I'm going to say sexy time with a twist because throughout these sexy times and all these little encounters and there's really nothing notable I feel like to call out there. But as they travel on their way from town to town – Sexy times during the night, assassination attempts during the day. They keep getting ambushed because obviously, obviously, Sarah is not the first person to try and kill this man. Again, um, are you dumb or are you horny? <laughs> what yes. a way to go. <laughs> the answer is always going to be yes. Uh, in so, Sarah's case. 
again, this is giving me very Walking Dead vibes. Every time our group in The Walking Dead found another group, they always try to kill the group with some crazy ambush because the humans in that world were always scarier than the zombies. And in this one, it gets pretty gruesome through the both. I don't think there's anything too notable to call out there. He gets lit on fire. I think he's shot. He's crucified at one point, but he always comes back to life when the assassins try to do something or harm to Sarah. I'll say the last one where they crucified him and then shot her was gruesome. I was like, that was fucked Ooh. up. That one was gruesome because it was like, I thought maybe afterwards, I was like, maybe this is the part that Caitlin cried at. No, no, it was a sweet old couple. That part yeah. I was like, oh, all right, well, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I had no feels at that point. I was just like, oh. They never got to get married. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I was. this was really tickled my fancy because I wrote the word assassin like a hundred times during these notes. And I was like, oh, do you know there's two asses in assassins? And I'm like, what's the way to remember that? You know, like in dessert, <laughs> you always want two desserts like because there's just two S's because you want more. Oh, I'm like, so funny. <laughs> this is the way you remember how to spell assassins, that you better kill his ass or he's going to get your ass. And that's how you know that there's two asses. There you go. You're welcome. That is the spelling uh, tricks to teach your third graders for the spelling bee. Yeah. There's two asses. Get his ass or he's going to get yours. There you go. <laughs> tricks of the trade. Yeah. So basically she gets ends up getting shot. Uh, Pestilence is somehow still alive. I think he's like half burned and is missing a leg, but like crawls over to her to try and help her. <laughs> She's laughing. You're so bad. He was. <laughs> Bird and missing a leg, but still hobbles over. Like, I mean, dedicated. pestilence is doing more than a, an everyday man is doing for their wives. This is true. <laughs> and so he, when Sarah is shot, and they tried to use her as a bargaining chip to be like, stop bringing pestilence, you know, your disease to the earth. And he's like, no, I can't. This is my purpose. And they shot her, basically. Oh, also, I want to just add a note here that people have – um recognize that he's traveling with her and they thought she yes. was a prisoner at first and then they realized that maybe she might be more because as they interacted with more villagers or city folks or whatever um so news traveled so then people were thinking maybe because it's been weeks now and she's still alive maybe she has the cure to the fever yes and so they were gonna kill her because they thought he had feelings for her or keep her right and as he's being crucified and burned and tortured you know there's like no Please don't do this to him. So they can clearly see that she's not like, yay, you're ending my captor. She's like, no, not my love. It's a different vibe that she's yelling than what they think they thought. Um, so she actually ends up dying. And she goes to have to heaven or the space between, I think, when she meets death. And he's like, this is actually so much better than heaven. And she's like, okay, cool. Um, what happens now? And death kind of gives her like a the old up and down, looks her over and is like, I'll let you go back because I'm intrigued. And so you know that this is going to come back later somehow, some way, presumably in his book. And she ends up coming back. She's very gravely injured. Pestilence spends a lot of time trying to heal her and bring her back to life. Because, again, you can't really heal her per se. You can just prevent her wounds from getting worse. Like he has the power to retract the infections. Yeah. But he can't like knit flesh and organs back together. Doesn't he like take her to the hospital and the nurse is like, do you care for her? Like, what is your purpose with her? And he's like, I love her. And they're like, well, suffer like we're suffering and no loss. Like we're the only loss. And I was like, damn. Right, because he kind of takes this. And this is what I think her problem is with him is this book. She's like, you brought me to a hospital where there are thousands of people that are trying to help each other. And now you just condemned everyone here because you're so short-sighted 
in your quest to save me. You're not thinking the larger consequences. Yeah. And then so eventually after – and he was killing people like very quickly. Usually his fever takes a while, a couple of weeks. She wakes up from this and she's like, whoa, these people died within hours to days. So he was killing people on a rampage until he found people that were willing to like patch her up. And then she was upset because she was like, I – loved you and now I don't know if I love you because you're just literally killing people again and now here we are back to square one. It's the age old. I thought I could change you with my love and he's still like, I'm a man on a death mission. This is gonna, you can't change me. Right. But I love you so please don't leave me. takes her to a mansion right. to recover. Then she like gets upset with him, walks away, he drags her back in, locks her up And then surrenders to her after like weeks. We're talking about like almost a month into. No, it was like a week later. It was like a month into her recovery, but like she was locked up for a week. It was very Tamlin with Feyre locking her up when she's like, I need need to get out of this room. Like, am I your prisoner now? And eventually he says like, I surrender. I give up. Like, I can't do this. I you can clearly tell he, he really cares for her and he really hates that he's hurting her. So Sarah reunites with her family. Or no, not yet. (laughs) <laughs> but eventually they get into this big blowout and we have to um, – so they end up getting this big blowout. She ends up leaving because ultimately she's like, I can't change you, but I can't be around you as you take down these people. Like it's too much for me to see the people that you're hurting every day, day in, day out. So she ends up leaving and we mentioned earlier in the beginning that this is the Canadian wilderness. There's snow. So she begins her journey back through the towns that they previously went through. And after a week or so maybe, she stumbles across a convenience store that's opening up and this man is just joyous and triumphant he's like have you heard and she's like what what because she's been kind of just roughing it on her journey back he's like oh the fever everyone who caught it is getting healed i mean the people that died still are dead but like it's not spreading anymore it's retracted. that was literally my same thought for us i was like but the other ones are still dead right yeah and so she realizes that, oh, wow, like he must have had the power or found the power to end this himself. And he started to pull back the fever. Like I must have gotten to him after all. And she goes back to her town where she finds she's reunited with her family. It's great. She sees some of her old friends that have made it. And a little time goes by. Um, she's back in her old apartment and she's there one night. She gets a knock on the door. And who, who else could it be? It's Pesty. He never left her. He followed her during her whole journey back to make sure she made it made it okay. I'm like, I do love a protective man that's going to like let her be independent, but like I'm going to keep eyes to make sure you're okay. So she gets home okay. He's like, I needed the time to go back and heal everyone and undo this and kind of make – I'm assuming like some kind of deal with his higher power or God. We're not quite sure who's running the show at this point, but he seems like he's somehow released of his pestilence duties. He's still got Trixie skills. who's like tied up to a lamppost outside. Um, and he decided that they're going to learn to live a normal life for a few years. And she's like, well, I can't keep calling you pestilence. So like we've got to come up with a new name. And he decides his name is going to be Victor because he was known as Pestilence the Conqueror. And he's like, Victor is someone who – is victorious and they're conquering. So that's the name I'm picking. And she's like, not what I would have pig- pegged you for, but like it's better than pestilence. So we're going to roll with it. And I think it's maybe another five years go back. So I think when we first read the story, it's like five years after the first emergence. And then this prologue is. I think it's 10 years. Or the actually. epilogue. Yeah. It's like another five years. So now it's 10 years since the first emergence. And they're just reading a book. And then all of a sudden, 
Pasty slash Victor gets a feeling and he's overcome and he's ashen. He's bracing himself on the wall. She's like, what's wrong? And he's like, I feel it. My brother, War, is waking up. Dun, dun, dun. The end. And that's how it ends. Uh, now let's go quickly into overall ratings. Quick flash style. What did you give it? I think I gave it a three. I guess if I have to write it, I'd give it like a three. 2.5. I'm feeling generous. <laughs> I debated on the 2.75. You. But I, I don't know. Usually if I'm like reading this on my own and I had my Goodreads, I would not rate it at all because I would just have like, it's just a shoulder shrug. Like I don't know right. how I want to rate it. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was entertaining. Quality wise, couldn't comment on it. Yeah. Not there. I so- hated it. I hate myself. <laughs> but yet, yet you're addicted and you can't stop I can't, reading it. I can't like look away from this train wreck. I know. It's an interesting one to be on. So if you haven't read this book, we are very eager to know. Are you going to be reading it along with us? It's not too bad. It's maybe like three, 400 pages, which is still kind of long when you think about it. But we'd love to hear from you guys if you read it. Did you love it? Did you hate it? We got to know. So you can always find us on uh, Instagram at booktalkmademe underscore pod. Or you can engage with us over on Spotify. So with that, let's close out with our Spotify questions of the week and a few Apple shout outs. So first question was answered by Paige B. She answered this, what did you think about this episode from ZA Star on Starlight Part 1? She wanted you to know, Bridget, that she also loves Vampire Diaries, Damon and Klaus forever. Did I say their names right? Because I didn't watch Vampire Diaries. You're missing out, Caitlin. You truly are. Also, I agree. Except for, I think I love Stefan more, but definitely Klaus. Klaus can get it anytime, any day, any way. Take me now. <laughs> so, mother, here's my neck, boy. Definitely. <laughs> um, Claudia also answered for the same book, uh, Sorrow and Starlight Part 1. She said, Hilda's dramatic retelling was a thousand times better than this train wreck. <laughs> I couldn't even say that without his <laughs> She said, I hated it so much, probably because I hate Tori and she was selfish and kept abandoning her leadership roles to do her own thing. <gasps> You're not wrong. But like hate is very strong. Yeah, I was about to say, but hate is a very, very strong word. Uh, it was not our favorite. No, no, no. She said she hated Tori. Period. Not the book. The book we agree on. Well, yeah. You know what, Claudia? I see what you're saying. I'm with you. And the next one came to us from Emma S. She also answered the same question. She said, what do you think about this episode? And she said, it was really entertaining and funny. Thanks for making me laugh. I can't wait for part two. Thank you, Emma S. Part two is now live. Ta-da! It is. The next two questions were also answered by Claudia. And she said, in your head, or she answered the question, in your head, who do you picture as Alexis, Henry Cavill or Ken Yemen? And she said, I actually pictured him as Jansen Eccles since it said he had green eyes. Unfortunately, a Jensen lookalike wasn't enough to get me to keep reading. And I DNF'd at 25% in because I couldn't stand Reyna. Oh, wow. Um, Some some takes I want to unpack there because I think, you know, I love our book community where we can come in with a different POV on a book that we're like, I love it. And she's like, nah, not for me. So don't think I don't love you any less. Reyna was kind of annoying. Yeah, but she's yeah. not the most annoying female main no. character we've ever read, though. I agree. You know what, Claudia, maybe you listened to – did you listen to all of them? 
I'm like, I feel like after the first one, it really picks up a little bit. You need some Triceratops action. Uh-huh. That's that's where we need you to come in. Maybe just read the end. Um, but Jensen Eccles, that was an interesting choice. Huh. I'm trying to think. I feel like a the- lot of people pick him for things too, especially like if you are like a diehard supernatural. Supernatural, fan. yeah. I don't hate it. That's what I gotta say. I don't hate it. Don't hate it. Um, she also answered, What is your favorite mass versus theory? Is there one you think we should talk about? She said, I like the theory that Elaine is evil and Eris's redemption arc is to bring her back from the dark side. I never believed that Lucian was actually her mate. He's known as a fox for a reason. Ooh, yeah. Foxy you know, I boy. saw something earlier today where it says Eris has been described the way that Reese was described in the first book from Tamlin slash um, Farah's point of view, where she was heavily influenced by Tamlin and how he saw reese not knowing he was actually a good guy and so they were saying that like same vibes for eris and they're not wrong so here for it i think eris is worth saving i mean that's not saving but watch him end up on your rh i don't i mean or your y choose i do have a thing for gingers and it's strange that i don't have any gingers on my list I don't think it's a <laughs> All right. That and one last question. Very profound note coming to us from Atheist Halfblood. They answer the question, do you think General Sorengale knows about Brennan from Fourth Wing? The answer, no. Blew my mind. No. <laughs> Just a simple no. Just like straight into the point. I like it. I know. Atheist Halfblood, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, So as always, our Spotify questions of the week are up for all of our previous episodes. You can head on over there to engage with any of them you haven't answered before or have burning thoughts you want to tell us about something that we haven't covered about these questions yet. Maybe you have a good mass verse theory that you're like, guys, you need to get on this one. So you can head on over there. We'll have a new one up for this episode as well. Uh, Also want to give two folks a lovely shout out who left us a review and a rating on Apple. The first one comes to us from The Real Tiffster. She says, adore your podcast. I've only just found you guys after reading the Akshar series. You have me laughing and smiling. Love the girl power emanating from your energies. So sweet. Thank I you. I love that. I love the girl power energies coming through to you. We try. We try. And we also really love that we make you laugh. <laughs> it's like our number one thing we try to do. So thank you so much, The Real Tipster. We're glad you found us and we're glad you're sticking around for the LOLs and some girly energies heading your way. Next, want to give a th- thank you to Teresa Crown in this house. Uh, or if there's a there's a crown in this house. There's some hoes in this house. No? I You didn't even have to tell me that part. I already heard it in my head. I was like, I there's some crowns in my house. Uh, yes. So they said, I want to be in their book club. These gals are so funny. Make me feel like you're having a fun wine night. Well, to be fair, we are usually drinking wine when we do this. 100%. I want to say the past couple of weeks, we've been hearing a lot of people reviews like, oh, book club, book club. Maybe we should do a book club. Maybe we should. Maybe we will. That was me speaking things into the universe. We can get on Zooms to talk about it in live, in person. Well, not in person, but live (laughs) with you guys. Definitely Um, live. So she Hello, said, I truly TikTok. want to be in their book club. Their Akasar passion is everything, and I love that they don't yuck anyone's yum. Thank you. 
We try to keep the space inclusive and all opinions are good opinions. So I have the best way, remember the best way to support the podcast is heading over to Apple Podcasts to leave us a rating and review. We give you our eternal thanks and gratitude every time you guys do it because it helps us find more friends. Did you have a thought? No, I don't have any more thoughts. I'm sorry. All right, guys. So that is it from us tonight. You can catch us. If you're reading along with us, we are doing book two in the Four Horsemen books. It's not even called like a novella or anything special. It's like the Four Horsemen books. Just make sure you get the right one. Learn that one the hard way. Although you did say smutty for the other series. So yeah, I still might read the other one just to see what the spice is like. It promised. It was promising. The initial intro, and I'm like, this is not what I thought it would be. (laughs) Also, you said they were in a meeting, and like outside of the podcast, Bridget loves a workplace romance, a billionaire romance. So I might just read it. Yeah, I think it's worth getting into again. I just thought we're dealing with like apocalypse, (laughs) not like a apocalyptic boardroom meetings. Well, you definitely got. The one what you originally wanted in this book. A lot yeah, of I don't know if it's what I wanted, but it's what I got. Is <laughs> what was expected. It's yes. Uh, so if you're reading along with us, we'll be covering book two, War. And if you want to read ahead, uh, after that is Famine and Pest- oh, not Pestilence. Death. Famine and Death. All great things to look forward to. You got Pestilence on your mind. I see you, girl. <laughs> I'm going to talk about my boy Pesty all night. Can we at least call him Pesto? Just don't moan his name in the middle of passion. I don't think I could if I tried. That is not the first name that would come to my mind. Poor Shannon. Let me just say, not the first book character (laughs) that would come to my name, my brain. Right. You have an entire list of why choose men that will probably just like randomly roll off the top of your tongue. Now, now, yeah. Now we'll just be thinking about Pesty. We've got and done it. All right, guys. Well, that is it from us tonight. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.